believe me, if I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. Because my children are coming. Never say never to always. I'll never say always to none. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. You know, if I wanted to kill somebody, I'd take this book and beat you to death with it, and I wouldn't feel a thing. It'd be just like walking to the drugstore. It's time to call time from behind you. If you're not a good man, it has been just a dream. Valley of death and I John Emil List was an American mass murderer, family annihilator, and longtime fugitive. On November 9, 1971, he killed his wife, mother, and three children in Westfield, New Jersey, and disappeared. A month passed before anyone suspected that anything was wrong. List assumed a new identity, remarried, and eluded justice for 18 years, when he was finally apprehended in Virginia in 1989 after his murders were broadcast on the television program America's Most Wanted. Hi, everybody. I'm Rich. I'm Jessica. And this is Charlie, Charlie Manson's Fanny Pack. Uh, the podcast where we try to make that sound grosser every week. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just like to, I guess, say I'm just really tired today, so I apologize. I'm very sleepy. She's a sleepy, Jessica. We had a big day today. We went and saw the, uh, the Sarah Duke Gardens here in uh, Durham. And... Uh, we went on an adventure to like five different restaurants yeah, to try and find closed. lunch. They were all closed. And as soon as nobody told me where we were going, then that one was open. You know, and I'm just gonna I'm not gonna name the restaurant, but I'm gonna call it Mediocre Burger. Yeah. They they had um there was no reason for them to have it was one, two, three. It was like five pages. <laughs> there was no reason for there to be five full pages. Like in tiny print, like it was, no, was, I'd say it was like <laughs> it was full pages, like they were big. They they probably I'd say have, it'd be like fourteen to fifteen font. They probably have like 150, 200 items on their menu. I would like to go. I would like to go back and, and see them. how it develops because there's a lot of potential. It's just there was one host, one bartender, and. Like, when we got there, there were already, like, four people, like, four tables out, like, sitting on the patio. And then there was a party of eight that was inside, and there was the three of us. (laughs) So, I was like, I'm not going to be mad. (laughs) I'm going to just chill. (laughs) But, on the other hand, like, if you're... If you ever find yourself in the Durham, North Carolina area, check out the Sarah P. Duke Gardens. Yes, it is. And it's like, you're not going to see everything in one day. It is huge. They also have hella Pokestops if you play Pokemon Go. The cemeteries here have hella Pokestops. Yeah, there's a cemetery right up the road, and there's Pokestops littered around it. It's Durham has made it a point to have like huge hubs of like Pokestops in all these areas where there's like all these things going on. Yeah, yeah. Um any hoodles. Any hoodles. You know who would not like Pokestops? Who? Uh John List. Yeah, you know, as he's been lovingly called Bible John. <laughs> was that his was Yeah. That? Yeah. <laughs> oh Bible John. Yeah, because, like, his, was it his dad was um, a preacher or something like that? There was something. Um, no, his, his... Yeah, so his dad uh, was, a, yeah, was a devout Lutheran and Sunday oh, school teacher. Oh, that's what, it wasn't, he wasn't a preacher. It was just, yeah, they have a teacher, very, yeah, strict very strict Lutheran, Lutheran. thing. Yeah, uh, yes. German Lutheran family hey, from uh, Bay German. City, Mich- Michigan. 
uh, Michigan. Uh, if you're looking for Michigan on the map, don't. It's a secret government thing, and I'm probably going to be killed now for. Oh man, what does your FBI agent have to do now? I mean, he could help me do better research, you know. <laughs> this is true. This is very, um, very true. Actually, I, I know a lot about this case. Uh, if uh, you want, there's like several podcasts about it. Um, yeah. Last podcast on the left did an excellent one. Oh, excellent three <laughs> for it. Each podcast that I listened to this week, or not this week, uh, the week before, um, while I was at work, um, just... Because I have nothing better to do while I'm <laughs> behind the grill working. Um, each one of them, I I got a lot of the same information, but all of them present things in a different way, and or each podcast had missed crucial points, and I was like, oh, this podcast didn't hit on ABC and. I thought I was just like there's, there's lots of information and. It's... Yeah, yeah. There's um the reason this what we were we were actually going to like go a different route this with this episode, um we weren't going to do John List. I hadn't even thought about John List as like a serial killer, but he is a particular type of like mass murderer called family annihilators, um and we were watching this Netflix show uh, The Watcher. Yes. And they did kind of like an allegorical story, very like. Real, like, similar to John List's story, like, down to the murders and the, like, details yeah. of the murder and everything. And uh, the guy they got to play him, like, if any, um, it was probably the best anybody's ever played him. He was once played by, oh, a guy who ended up killing his wife. Um, can't you have the Google machines in I, front I, of I you. I do have the Google machines. Uh, television, you, film, and pop culture. But you know what I have right next to me? I have... An adorable cinnamon roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, He's our dog Cthulhu is cuddling on the bed. We have to keep him separated from the other dog who is in heat because we haven't got him fixed yet. We have to keep him away from her sluttish they ways. Keep him separated. <laughs> um, Opal's just chilling in here with us too. We'll probably hear the other cats wanting to come in in a little bit. Robert Blake was the guy's name. Was the Ooh. actor's name who played John List, and uh, he ended up like killing his wife or Yo. girlfriend or some shit like that, like later on, <laughs> right? Well, that escalated. Um, I didn't know that. But yeah, and it, it kind of made me. I, I wanted to talk about because it, it is a fascinating story. Um, Jessica had heard nothing about it. Yeah, I really didn't know much and, about him. And I've been thinking about like the potential of us doing like little mini series here and there. Every once in a while, throwing in a new family night later because there are a few of them. Um, the most famous one that nobody knows about is uh, Ronald DeFeo and the DeFeo family murders. And if that name rings a bell, it's because Amityville. Amityville horror. Uh, the murders that preceded the Amityville horror. So we will be doing that at the topic and talking about, of course, like, the Lutz family. Yeah. And the Amityville horror story. Because Yeah, that's if, a whole yeah, and if, then if the Lutz family story is true, then DeFeo is innocent. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then and, 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 well mostly innocent. Yeah, and then just on top of like DeFeo and all of that going into like with the mini series kind of stuff, there's um just the occult and the different aspects yes. of it. Um, we're also going to start doing episodes on occultism. Uh, I think we're going to start with um, Kabbalah. And I have, I got nothing. You've I know, never even heard of Kabbalah, huh? I know, I know the name. I know maybe surface level. Yeah, that's to, it. We're going to talk about like Gnosticism and Kabbalah, and then we can start talking about. Uh, more modern occultism, and by modern, I'm talking like late 17, early 1800s. I think I'm the, more familiar with yeah, more modern stuff. Yeah, you got the Rosicrucians, stuff. you got the uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, then you, you run into Aleister Crowley. And, yeah. And, and yeah, so that's that's going we'll, we'll, to be several episodes in itself. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to talk about Crowley. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your stuff on Crowley because I know last podcast did it yeah. was like what like five he was he, he basically he, he, he yeah he, Crowley my favorite thing about Crowley is that he would just go out and get plowed plowed in the ass in the desert for days on end 
while being a British spy for intelligence services. <laughs> and he, he also had like wizard battles <laughs> with the, the founders of the Golden Dawn. Oh, God. <laughs> Crowley is a fascinating man who loved his. He would have been name. great friends with, um, what's his face from, with um, um, Shimrikyo. I don't know, I don't but know. I'm, I'm in the aspects of wizards yeah, in that in the aspect, aspect of wizards. He, yeah, but maybe not so much in the ass fucking. <laughs> no, and you know he's in the desert, getting <laughs> getting just plowed dry. Play. He liked it dry. He didn't uh-huh. like lose. <laughs> oh, Practice man. safe sex, guys. Use lube. Or, or, or if you're going to have unsafe sex, do it safely. Use lube. Use condoms. <laughs> getting getting that brown eye sound bla- sandblasted probably ain't the best mm. thing for you. you know? Um, but we got way off topic here. Yeah, this went real um, left, real fast. So list. Uh, his, his childhood was boring. He was a boring kid. <laughs> he was a very quiet kid. There was nothing that was remarkable about yeah, him. If you take Millhouse from The Simpsons and remove all the talking parts, <laughs> that's John List. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, he was he was as square as they come. Um, yeah. He joined the army in 1943 to go into you know World War II and served as a laboratory technician. <laughs> uh, he was he was he was even a nerd in the war. Um, he ended up uh, he got a bronze star I think, which was kind of a participation award. Yeah, that uh, there wasn't anything. Yeah, they're fantastic about that reward. This man was he was he was just if you kept if you had a picture of keeping your head down in a dictionary, that would be John Lewis. Yeah. Like he nobody knew who the fuck he was, right? Yeah, Um, no one he was he his philosophy was if I work hard I can, I will get what I want and I keep my faith. That's a common thing in a lot of uh, especially American um uh, uh, Protestant religions. It's called the prosperity gospel, right? Yeah. That if you if you make God happy, if God is happy with you, then then God will put you in the place you were going to be. So for him, success was a sign of God being pleased with him, right? Yes. And also, he had there. There was a very, especially in the, like the nineteen fifties and whatnot. There was this rid, rigid image of like what the American post war man was supposed to be with the suit and this tie and. You know, yeah, have a family. Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Yeah, the fam, all the, the neighborhood in Edward Scissorhands. That was kind of the ideal nineteen fifties family, right? Um, so, and uh, he he let, he got out of the military in nineteen forty six and enrolled in the University of Michigan, where he earned a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's in accounting. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, from what I remember. His professors were like, he's he passed these classes, but he's just not a good leader, <coughs> and no. he's not he's not good at these things. He's just <laughs> there. Yeah, it's he, like it's like the one week or no, like the two weeks that I had people out, and we didn't have anyone to come fill in. It was just like I need a body there. I don't care. I can tell you what to do. I just need a body. <laughs> He is the body. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was perfectly happy with this, right? He was not a people person. But he thought he was the shit. That's the thing. Well, he he was, like, like they said on the last podcast on the left, he's holding the line. He's got this moral standard that he's trying to live up to, right? And as long as he's he's working and he's, you know, yeah. doing what he's supposed to do and God's happy, as long as he's moving forward, he's doing right. So he's yeah. not so much that he thinks he's the shit, it's just that things are going his way a little bit, which shows that he's doing the right thing. So he has no um, motive to improve anything, right? Or, yeah. It's not so much that he thinks he's great, he just thinks that he's doing what he's supposed to do. Um, well, he graduates college, and then the Korean War starts. Yeah. And he gets uh, called back into active duty. Um, which, that sucks. But... Yeah, it was actually a thing that happened to a lot of World War II vets. Is they they get out they they went to hell and then they had to go back. They're like, um, nah, bump that. <laughs> but I mean, he uh, 
he was in he got stationed in Virginia, and from what I can tell, that's he, he never went to actually went to Korea. No, right. But he was stationed in Virginia, um, and he met Helen Taylor. Like he, but he liked her sister. He fancied her sister. Oh yeah. But yeah, so how how he met her was at a a bowling match, like a bowling thing. And like it was like him and his friend and like her and her sister. Um, if I remember correctly, I'm going off by memory and again, I'm sleepy. Um and he was like, Oh, like to her sister, oh, she cute. Like, let me let me try and sweet talk her. But I imagine no. it was nothing like that. <laughs> no, but this is you, you get what like, you get right now. You from seem you seem like a proper young woman, and I see you have a copy of the Bible in your purse. Uh, I also noticed that you made some mistakes, and you're counting on the bowling scorecard. Uh, I would like to sit and talk with you about that, if it is at all possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see your friends over there. I do, and he looks mighty fine. Ma'am, ma'am do you do you perhaps have a, a sister that is not? Such does not speak to me in such horse manners. Oh, look that the syphilis-ridden woman over there. <laughs> See, she. If I how did how did Helen contract her husband? Yeah, uh, her husband. She was actually a widow at the time. Yeah, her, um, her his, previous. Her, yeah, her husband was an infantry officer who had been killed in action in Korea, and she had a daughter with him. Yeah, right. Um, she also had a syphilis with him. Because <laughs> she um she got splashed with ether in the eye. So she had her eyes went oh, yeah. oh, so after it was, it was it was <laughs> this poor this poor lady. Well, like this po po lady. She turned into a monster. She did. Right? Um, and she was on but, so many tranquilizers. Well, one thing about symbols is it, it basically Eats at your brain after a yeah, while. Yeah, and the know? tranquilizers didn't help towards the end. Any who's Yeah, and she was like, she basically, like some people uh, show symptoms of syphilis later on, some never show symptoms. She started showing symptoms almost immediately. And they were like, oh well. And But she she didn't go for treatment. Yeah. And then by the time she did, it was, they it were was... like, oh, oh well. <laughs> Sorry. And I, you know, does that mean that he got syphilis too? I don't know. That's a good question. I, it, I, I don't I think he... anything or read anything because that was something I'm trying to look at. Like you would think, because they had children together. Yeah, unless he got treated, which is very, very. Well, plausible. he was in the army. I mean, they they get good health care. I I believe he did. I believe he did get treated. Um, I just I do not recall. Um. Right now, my brain, I have like three brain cells right now. <laughs> but, um, so he ended up, uh, they married in December of 1951 in Maryland. Oh, and, I'm from Maryland? Uh, Baltimore. That's where I'm B-more. from. I'm from Towson. Uh, only, literally the only thing I know about Baltimore is the wire. <laughs> we have real good crab legs. Um, tastes like crab. Um... The army realizes lists accounting skills and reassigns them to the finance corps. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, we'll just dink here. You'll you'll be useful here." <laughs> um, he gets he gets done in the military in 1952, um, and starts working for an accounting firm in in Detroit, and then has to start working at a paper company in Kalamazoo. And while he's working there, his three children are born. Um, he actually had given rise to the, uh, he, he had risen to general it was, supervisor. It was Kinko? No, that's that's later. Okay. Um, he, he had risen to general supervisor of the company's accounting department. I'm going to pause you for a second. And for, in his brain, he wanted to, and like, like me, I need to get those titles. <laughs> I need to get them because those titles. Right, because they reaffirmed his faith, right? Not, yeah. yeah. For me, it just it reaffirms like, okay, if I can put this on my resume, and with the company I'm with, I can transfer like overseas and move to you know like Finland or whatever, and that is. Yeah. Um. 
what I want to do. So he uh, it gets to but the thing is back in the, like the, these part this part of the, like the late fifties early sixties, um, like to get ahead in the corporate world, you got to be part of like the corporate party scene, kind of. Yeah. You know, you got the 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 meat jellos and. And yeah, the, the bridge <laughs> Let, Let's talk about 50s food for a second. <laughs> let's just... <sighs> some of their... Hmm, I, some love, of their, I love sometimes going on like... I do like um, Watergate salads. I do too. They're so freaking good. Uh, yeah, they're so sweet. I they're love so sweet yummy. Ones. Yeah. I think that is really like the only kind of like... 50s? Well, I mean, you don't really know though. I, I mean, there's... I've gone through a lot of things that were like fifties or I've I've looked at like fifties recipe books just because some of them are ridiculous. Yeah. And oh, the, there's a TikToker. Um, he's from uh, Bermuda, and some people will probably know exactly who I'm talking about. And he just he just does these ridiculous old recipes, and he's done a lot of fifties recipes, and he's just like, "What is this monstrosity?" <laughs> it's like. No, I feel you, Dylan. I feel you. <laughs> I don't know either, and I'm very confused as well. Um, yeah, and so and and you also have to portray the image, right? You have yeah. you have this image to portray of like the 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 family man in charge of his uh, charge of his doting wife and all that shit. Well, his wife is going fucking bonkers, right? And she did not take care of those kids at all. At all. At all. Like and. She would she would constantly verbally abuse him in front of his coworkers and, and neighbors. Compare and him to her first husband. Yeah. His and dick was so much bigger. Just like he wouldn't do those things, but ugh, like he would never stay at work all day. Like, well, do you do you want me to make the money and to I, pay and for I your habits? John List is the type of man who like he was I, a. I imagine they they had like the the Lucy and Desi bedroom where they have like separate beds. Oh wow! That sometimes they push together, and he probably just pulls his penis out through the little flap. You know. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> think of that. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a zipper fucker. Oh, we're gonna we're just gonna we're gonna sidebar and talk about how adorable our animals are because they both are just. They are going to be delicious for dinner. Oh no, we're not going to eat them. Cthulhu has lost his bones, and Opal is just a little void, a little loaf right now. Just, oh, it's so cute. It hurts my heart. Yeah, we're going to end up getting a camera for these episodes as well. Uh, Me like, not, look at my animals. Uh, There's a count. <laughs> the next episode of Stoner's Point is going to be, like, live camera. So we might start doing that for this, too. Um, yeah, so his, he, he, does, he loses that job, and... Basically, because of his nutso wife, like. Well, no, the company itself was downsizing. Well, that's what they always say. Well, no, it actually was like they're, they they're were, downsizing, so they they get rid of the head financial officer. That is. They not were ours. they were cutting um like a whole bunch of things, or they were selling the company. I do not. I don't. That know. might be what they told him. Because like like a good chunk of the company was let go. But he goes to um they move. His, his, his stepdaughter, Brenda, uh, Helen's daughter, first daughter, has married and moved out. And Liz takes the rest of his family to Rochester, New York to take a oh, job that at was before Oh, that was before uh, Brenda had moved out when she... Uh, uh, well, I, that's why I said he lost that job. Brenda moves out. And then he moves, to Z, he moves to New York to work with Xerox. Like when, like she waited. She was like when she turned 18. She was the fuck out of there. She, she married as fast as she could and got the fuck out. And she divorced a couple times and remarried. And John and John List looked at her like she was a disappointment. Yeah, she was. She was a slut. Yeah. You know, and that's um, when my dad <coughs> actually. Let me pull that back a little bit. <coughs> so my dad's family, while not being Lutheran, <coughs> is Southern Baptist, right? And when I was a baby. My mom just kind of stepped out on my dad while he was in the Navy and just disappeared, leaving me with my grandparents. And so my dad had to start going through the process of, because hell, he didn't even know where the fuck my mom was for years. And uh, so he starts going through the process of divorce and he goes to talk to his pastor that, you know, had raped. The pastor had known him since my dad had been born, basically. Yeah. Right? Um, and the pastor, like, gives him shit about it. You know, like, no, 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 it's your job as a husband to find her. You know, I, I don't, I don't condone a divorce, and 
And uh, this was in the 80s. So imagine, uh, you know, in the 50s. Yeah, it's even more. <coughs> right? So he's going to have that same stigma of, well, it's your job to make, to make it work. And even, like, with the kids at the time, too, like, moving in at, like, the house in New York, that house had, like, what, 19 bedrooms? It was a huge mansion. No, they, no, no, that's that's in New Jersey. That's, that's the actually, Jersey house? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, he goes to Xerox, and at the time, Xerox is, like, they're, they're like something that exists now with the subscription service, right? Yes. You pay for X amount, and you just get what you want to print, but they weren't making a lot of money. John List gives them the idea that they still have today of charging per copy. Yes. And he made the company millions, millions. Eventually and becomes the director of accounting services. Um, and how he was not, like, stable within that company. Because he's such a fucking weirdo. He's right? There was a guy that worked with us at, uh, with Jody, All American Tower Hands, right? And I told you about him, fucking Ryan. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. This dude, he was a competent worker, but, and there was things he was actually, he actually excelled in far as certain, certain parts of the work. There were other things he was horrible at, but nobody wanted to work with him. One, he was super fucking square, right? He would run and tattle about little bitty stupid shit, you know, and he was always like, he would take so long, he was so meticulous that everything else would be done and waiting for two or three days on him. But and that would have been okay if people would have been, because, you know, Jody was wanted to keep work, but nobody wanted to work with this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, Jody wanted to keep him, but nobody wanted to deal with him. You know, nobody liked him. Um, and he, he was just a pain in the ass. And I think that's what happened with John List. He was just too fucking square, and nobody wanted to deal with him. Nobody wanted to be around him. He excelled at his job. But when it's it's actually affecting the productivity of the company, yeah, because nobody wants to deal with you, then you, you gotta you know you that, gotta let him go. Yeah, and that I think that's I think that's why he had so many jobs is because he was good at his work, but he wasn't good at dealing with his employers or his you know. He didn't have that backbone to actually like, like I said earlier, he he, was, he, he couldn't be an actual manager. He was a silent millhouse. He, he always needed a bark. <laughs> you know, um, he, he needed, he, yeah, he was a nobody on his own. Um, and, you know, he's, uh, and by this time, his, his kids are starting to get older, and he's, um, let's see, this is in 1965. Yeah, he accepts a position as a vice president at a bank in Jersey City, New Jersey, and he moves with his wife and children into a beautiful 19-room Victorian mansion at 431 Hillside West in Westfield. And they they got that house. This house for is like... so prestigious it had a name. Breeze Knoll. Yes. And it they got it I think for like $50,000 and it was they got it under value um for what it was like actually on the market because like moving in there was a lot of work that needed to be done on the house. Like there were, like fireplaces everywhere. <laughs> it was it was a it's a beautiful house. Like I Google uh, earthed it and mapped it. I was like, that is a really pretty house. <laughs> like it's I want to say now it's going for like four hundred thousand or something like that. Uh, actually, I have I have no idea. I didn't even know the house was still standing. To be honest, it it's still standing and it's very pretty. Wow, wonder what you just. I went on uh, Redfin. Had to go to a party in that ballroom. It probably would. It'd probably be. Hopefully, they replace the flooring. Um. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry, guys. Um. So yeah, they're in a good financial situation, but Um, not necessarily a home situation. No. Uh, the marriage is falling apart. She's become an alcoholic. Also, all on top of her, all, her increasing mental illness, they're constantly engaging in fights. Um, the kids aren't being taken care of, like, to the point of, like, if the baby, like, Oh, look, yeah, I diaper. found a cool little factoid that goes, that was exactly what I was yeah. saying. Authorities later revealed that John was always lying to his family about his jobs. He had been fired from all of his jobs due to his cold demeanor and his inability to be social with his co-workers. 
He was too shy and seemed disinterested in talking even to his superiors. So his severe lack of social skills cost him job after job after job. Um, but he was embarrassed of this, right? Yeah. Um, he would like, uh, he, he, and anytime he needed help making the bills meet, he had, he had already moved his mother into the house and, you know, his mother and him, there was a, she, she was weird, he was weirdly like, they had a, yeah. Yeah, he was weirdly obedient. I feel like man. I feel like there was something there that she helped him get the house. Uh, yeah. And yeah, be on was, the yeah. condition that she be moved into the house. That was the that was the clause. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Um and I do I do remember um like when he got fired from one job. He would just leave the house and say that, yeah, that he was... Yeah, that was his last job uh, from that. When, when he got for New York? From, no, the New Jersey. New Jersey? Uh, the New Jersey bank thing. Um, and that's the one that closed down when he lost his job. Oh. So he lost that job and he just couldn't tell. So he was he was using his mom's, still taking money out of his mother's account. Yeah. Just her savings or whatever to pay the bills. while he Because they had like, a joint account. Yeah, and he would leave the house in the morning and like... Go hang out at the train station and, and just read for hours. Yeah, read his newspaper. He'd he'd go he'd carry his suitcase. It would have a lunch. Well, his briefcase would have a lunch and like some newspaper in it, and that was it. Um, and this went on for like what a year or something like that. A couple months. Well, for some reason, I was thinking it was a year, but it could be no, wrong. because not too long after that, that's when the the murder happened. And she and like Helen was getting, like. Regressively more violent. Yeah, um, it it was it was getting worse and worse, um, and their relationship was never good to begin with. Like she pressured him into marriage initially by falsely claiming that she was pregnant, and then insisted they married in Maryland so that he wouldn't find out about the premar he wouldn't find out about syphilis because New York, uh, Virginia had like a premarital a premarital syphilis test that was mandated. So she was like, oh, "Let's go to Maryland and get married." So and then like, it was like him to find out she wasn't pregnant. No, she was no, she wasn't pregnant. She was just lying, lying to catch a husband. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, like let let's be just in in our experiences in church, it be like that yeah, yeah. where you see all the girls being all dressed up and being like, yeah, let's all go to lunch. Yeah, and uh, his daughter is wanting to become an actor also at this time. And he didn't want She's that taking, for like, her. drama courses and whatnot. And, yeah, because, you know, Hollywood Hollywood elites. Uh, it'll make her a, it'll make her a slut. The, the satanic pedophile, can, you know, yeah. balls and what have you. Um, I thought you were about to say cannibals. <laughs> I mean, that too. Uh, you know, they got to have that adrenochrome. What? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I have so many questions. Oh, boy, we'll get into all those one day. Um, oh, goodness gracious. QAnon, man. Go ahead and QAnon. They're they're new, but none of their ideals are. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, he uh, he, so he's he's going around fucking bullshit and pretending that he's going to work, and he's he's saving face. He's looking for a way out, right? He can't yeah. get a divorce, yeah. and uh, he can't kill himself because then he won't go to heaven. Yeah, he's trying to figure out a. And if he does leave, just disappears. Well, they're going to continue. His his daughter's going to be an actor, or an actress. You know that the the family's just going to keep living in sin. But if he kills them, then he can, can he can meet them in heaven. He can meet them in heaven, and they'll 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 greet him with open arms. They'll forgive him. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I feel like he is that meme of the dog burning in hell. It's fine. Things are fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. That's why that dog has a little business suit on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, John. <laughs> The man probably slept with his tie on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my land. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so. Oh, look at how disgustingly adorable they are. Jira's sleeping on Twilight Sparkle. Like, ugh, Loki's nodding out. And salmon buns, just cinnamon. And so, disgusting. yeah, he, um... He's decided this is the way out, right? This is okay. Um, so the morning of November 7th, 1971. Uh, oh, let me go back a little bit. Backtrack. Um, 
he did something. That, you know, there's a few things I missed that I think are really cool about this story. Okay, yeah. Um, one, he allows his children to throw a Halloween party in his ballroom on like Halloween day, right? Now, this is uncharacteristic because he's a Lutheran, and he's like a strict Lutheran. Yeah, and they're... Mm. Yeah, and I was, like I said, I was raised Southern Baptist, which is not Lutheran, but I, I never... I was, I was raised... The first Polish time I trick-or-treated in my entire life was when I was in my late 20s. Or mid-20s no, was Wait, storm. no shit. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to. Maybe and it's because of because who my parents are. Because I thought it was are. devil worship. <laughs> Maybe it's because who my mom and my dad are... Were, they were are, little, they, hold on, my mom's well, still alive, one, my dad's not. So, so yeah, they're, one, your, your, your mom and dad were an interracial couple. Right? Yes. They're already way lib- way more liberal than yeah. the, the family I had. <laughs> right? They're also from up north. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my dad's from Jersey, my I mom's from Buffalo. I started dating you and my family stopped wanting to talk to me and I was okay with that. <laughs> Wait, for real? You never <laughs> told me part, that. I talked to my dad. Who else do I talk to anymore? Oh, there was that Thanksgiving that it was like that you took me over and it was real weird. It was weird because my stepmom bitching continuously about my dad leaving her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like how every anyway, we'll, we'll leave my family out of it for now. Um, but yeah, it's a great story, by the way. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he he packs off his children to school and loads his handgun and comes home. Um, his wife, I believe, is in the kitchen. And he just shoots her right in the back of the head. Um, then he drags her body from the kitchen into the ballroom and just kind of leaves her there. He then goes upstairs because his mom, his mom kind of had like this attic apartment type thing going yeah. on. Yeah, she had her own like living space. Yeah, and he goes up there and like shoots her right above the left eye. So she's seen it coming, right? She saints it. She saints it. <laughs> Um, She's like, the fuck is this? Bam! And then, so, oh, 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 damn it, I got ahead of myself again, right? After this Halloween party, um, which his daughter's drama coach was there at the Halloween party, and there's there's allegations that his daughter and the drama coach were kind of getting it on or flirtating, flirting around with the Flirtatious. idea. Um, but, yeah, so. I mean, it. Another, um, a few days later, he's sitting his family down at dinner. And his kids, anyway, you know. And he asks them, he tells them outright that they are going to die soon by his hands. And what type of, would they prefer to be buried or cremated? Oh, not necessarily by his hands. They're like, you're going to die soon. And if you die before me. No, it was, he said by his hands. That was what he, that was what his kids told everybody that they told. That he said that our dad said he's going to kill us. (laughs) And ask what we want to be buried in. And people took it as a joke, but the kids knew, lists don't joke. This motherfucker don't smile. So they knew something was up, but they, and everybody, and they told people, like she told her drama teacher, you know, and she, uh, one of the boys, the boy, t- uh, Frederick, see, I didn't, told somebody. See, see, I didn't, that's something that I didn't, I didn't hear in anything because I haven't had time to, like, actually sit yeah, down yeah, and, like, that's and there's so many different sources, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a where, story, really. Yeah. Where, See, I haven't heard that. I just heard where he he just like sat them down and asked them, "Well, if you die before me, like, how would you want to be buried?" Yeah, well, it was would you prefer to be buried or cremated? Yeah, and you know, um, I <laughs> they 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 it should have been a third choice, which was I don't life, you know, but no, no life. Uh, but That's yeah, he, he shot his mom, he shot his wife. Uh, his daughter, his oldest daughter, comes home, and their and his son, Frederick, thir- 16 and 13, respectively, come home from school, and he shoots them each in the back of the head. As, he come, had... as they come in the door, one like their oldest came home first, and he was like kind of lying in wait. She comes in, and he's, yeah, like, he's in the hiding. room. And he just comes around the corner and pops her in the back of the head. Same thing with her son. Um... Yeah. Now, he went to go, uh, he had to go pick up his eldest son, John Jr., uh, who was 15 at a soccer game. And he drives him home and, uh, like, shot him repeatedly with both weapons because apparently 
Apparently, John Jr. got in the house and real and saw the blood trails going all the way across the floor, and like freaked out, tried to defend himself. But he ends up like shooting him several times with both guns. Damn. Um, he then takes their bodies and puts them in sleeping bags. I mean, so nice, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, piles them up in sleeping bags in the mansion's ballroom, except for his mother. Uh, she was too heavy, um, and so he just kind of shoved her in the closet. <laughs> like you, you live here now. That's how I feel about you, anyways. Just we're gonna um, he bury these a emotions. Five-page letter to his pastor, and uh, claims that he's that he has seen too much evil in his world, and that he killed his family to save their souls. Um, he then cleans up the crime scenes uh, and goes through all the family photographs in his house and removes his picture. And. Like, he had so premeditated this, too, that he had, um, he wrote letters to the kids' schools. Yeah. Um, he, he canceled their newspaper subscription. Yeah. And, and the, the milk and he, all and that. Can, they, they had, like, a milkman that came by, and he had canceled, basically canceled any reason for them to come by. And, you know, the, he was so meticulous about it. You like, know, he uh, thought this shit through. Yeah, and he had contacted the schools and told them that uh, they were going away to visit Helen's ill mother in North Carolina. Um, and it come to find out Helen's mother was actually ill, and because of that had canceled a visit that she, she was going to come visit the family. Yeah. And uh, List later said that if she had showed up and not been ill, she would have been the sixth victim. Um, he cold didn't yeah and he he had his mail like he told he told the post office to hold the mail to not deliver the mail to the house yeah um neighbors started noticing that all of the mansion's rooms were illuminated day and night with no apparent activity in the house and after a while these bulbs start to burn out (laughs) um and so they call the police and when police arrive the drama teacher but like before, we're gonna go before that. His, his initial how he how he so left it supposedly. Oh yeah, with how the, he left it. Like he turned, he turned the AC down. He turned the AC down as low as it would go on full blast, and left the radio on this like religious music station. Like yeah, just so station. it would appear right, like right. someone and, and was. If somebody came up to the door. They'd hear. They'd see lights. They'd hear music. They'd yeah. Play. Um. They would deter. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And also. Like, right after, a couple days after the murders, the drama teacher notices that his hot little 16-year-old girlfriend hasn't been coming to school. So he goes to the house. He, like, kind of breaks in, and he actually sees the bodies. Cthulhu, he does not want to play with you. He just wants to sleep. Leave my soft boy alone. Um, Leave my sweet boy alone. In the lookout now, he's a good boy. Um, yeah, yeah, so the, the drama teacher actually breaks boy. in the house sees the bodies, and just kind of goes into shock. You know, like Homer walking backwards through the bushes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he sinks into the... He into the just walk backwards all the way home. Um, like, let me call the police. I thought no, it was the neighbor. No, that... he doesn't call the police. It was the neighbor? Was and it the neighbor? He, he, he broke... He, after a little... After more time had gone by, he decides, all right, I'm going to go to this house, and... Then I'm going to ask the neighbors to call the police. But the, by the time he gets there, the police, the neighbors have already called because the lights burn out. So he's standing out in the yard, and he has to play this off. He was actually considered a suspect, and uh, for a little bit, but um, it had been a month, and you know, due yeah. to the family's reclusive tendencies, no yeah. one thought. <clears throat> yeah, nobody really. It, everything it, it didn't seem odd until the lights started burning out. Um. And all of a sudden, this became a, a story of national attention. Uh, all the reliable photographs have, of List had been destroyed. Um, the family car was found parked at JFK Airport in New York, but there was no evidence that he even boarded a flight. Um, I yeah. wonder if they had a second car. And you were you were wrong. No, they did not. He, uh, I can't remember exactly how he got away. Yeah. Um, Bree's knoll remained empty until it was destroyed by fire in August 1972. So oh, then little, whatever is there is... A little under a year after. 
Um, although the destruction was officially ruined, uh, officially ruled arson, um, it's never been solved. Uh, destroyed along with the home was the ballroom stained glass skylight. Oh wow! Which was a signi- a sign Tiffany's original worth at oh, least hundred thousand at the time, equivalent to almost seven hundred thousand in twenty twenty one money. And see, that's why I'm saying like they a got a new it. house was built there in seven. Okay, so that's what. But I'm saying that the fact that they got that house for only like bought like fifty thousand dollars. That that stained glass is <laughs> and alone they uh, could have paid for the house, right? If he would have just taken a, that fucking skylight out, he could have paid the bills. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a it's a Tiffany, so I mean, a, t- a signed Tiffany original. That's like that. Mm, that is a piece of art that will never ever, yeah, like see the light of day again. You just. Picture his, that hurts his, my fa- heart. His family's eyes just staring up at it for a month. That, oh. <laughs> they probably, I mean, at least they got to look at something beautiful. Oh, okay, here's how he got away. Um, as the FBI later discovered, he had traveled from by train okay. from Jersey to Michigan and then to Colorado. He settled in Denver in 72 and took an accounting job under the name Robert Clark, which was one of his, like, college friends, well, classmates. Um... Although the real Bob Clark later asserted he had no idea who the fuck John List was. <laughs> like, yeah. Man made no impression anywhere he went. Um, he flew so low under the radar. Yeah. He really could have gotten away with it. And then from 79 to 86, he was a comptroller, which is uh, kind of like a management level position um, for like accounting at a paper box manufacturer outside of Denver. Uh, he was in the local Lutheran church, ran a carpool for shut-in church members. Um, married an Army PX clerk named Dolores Miller in 1985. Uh, in 88, they moved to a house in uh, Midlothian, Virginia. I've been there. Not the house, but I've been to Midlothian. I worked on Tower there. Uh, still using the name Bob Clark. Resumed work as an accountant at a small accounting firm. Um, in 72, he was proposed as a possible suspect in the D.B. Cooper case. What the fuck? Well, I mean, because of the timing of his disappearance, it was two weeks before the airline hijacking. And if you look at some of the the drawings, like the Mm -hmm. sketches of D.B. Cooper, I I have a hard time feeling like this guy has the balls to do it. But then again, he just killed his whole family. He just literally (laughs) popped them with zero um, zero Multiple matches to the description. And there was a reason that a fugitive... Uh, accused of mass murder, has nothing to lose. Um, he was questioned by FBI, but he denied it. Um, no direct evidence implicates him, and he's no longer considered a suspect. I disagree. Uh, I think it'd be an interesting thing to look into. Like, there's, you know, the timing's right. He does kind of look like him. Um, but he didn't take a train. He didn't take a um, a plane or anything. So, like, how could he be? No, 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 no. So... He took a train to get out to the to to, to Colorado, right? Yeah. And am I Cooper, far back in the, the timeline? Cooper, huh? Am I too? Am I in a different place in the timeline? No. I probably am. DB Cooper happened uh, in Washington, like mm-hmm. Washington State, so it wouldn't have been hard. You know, what I mean, he could have actually. <laughs> okay, yeah. It it, it could have been done, and the thing is, like, he had military experience, but only as a lab tech. Um, whoever did the DB Cooper hijacking. Had some paratrooper knowledge. Yeah, and he did not. Because um, D.B. Cooper jumped off the back of this airplane. With it was like, peace out, motherfucker. suit with fucking wingtip shoes and a parachute and disappeared into a rainy night. Yeah. That takes some skill. And he, I mean? unfortunately, does not show the... No, but he, he would actually fit in everything else except for that. His mm-hmm. escape seems unlikely. Um, and because of him being found later, we know it wasn't him. Yeah. Uh, well, he, we know that he didn't die in it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. But we can't completely rule it out. Um, in May 1989, uh, the 18-year-old crime was recounted on the Fox program, America's Most Wanted. Do you know how America's Most Wanted got started? No. All right, so there was this, was, there was a guy named uh, John Walsh. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the... Um, 
he was he was like his con- hotel contract builder in like Miami and Orlando, like million dollar contract. He was rich, right? Um, his son, who's like four or five, gets kidnapped from a Sears, like out of nowhere. Um, gets kidnapped and uh, that's like what's his Facebook little kid? And they find his head. Ah. Like later on, and it's actually suspected that future so future Charlie Manson fanny pack subject um, Henry Lee Lucas and Peter Toole or Tooley had my it, it could have possibly done it. It's also there's also been rumors that Dahmer committed this crime, um, but it's kind of outside of Dahmer's style. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah. So John Walsh, like after getting really no help from the authorities. Like it was, it's a real, we'll, we'll talk about it one day, I think. It's a, it, the Adam Walsh case is interesting. Um, but he eventually starts this program, America's Most Wanted, um, partially to try and find who his, his son's killer was, but also to, you know, help, you know, try and help unsolved cases everywhere. Yeah, um, why not? Yeah, and it was actually, I had no idea good. that's how it started. Oh, yeah. Adam, Adam that's Walsh. That's cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, except for the whole. Uh, <laughs> like it's it is shitty how how it had to happen, but it's it was such a great and is such a great program. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, at the time of its cancellation in two thousand eleven, it was the longest running program. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. I'm like yeah. I could, I could fall asleep listening to it. Yeah, I, actually, I wouldn't mind to see. It, we'll try and find. I'll see if I can find like some old episodes. Um, but yeah, uh, it. The segment uh, featured an age-progressed clay bus sculpted by a forensic artist, which actually turned out to bear a close resemblance to how List actually looked. Um, two weeks after the broadcast, he was arrested in Richmond. Because of a nosy neighbor. Well, yeah, his old, his old neighbor from Denver uh, recognized it and called the cops. And he continued for several months to stand by his alias, even after he was extradited to New Jersey. You know, faced with irrefutable evidence, including a fingerprint match with his military records, he eventually confessed to his true identity in 1990. Uh, <laughs> um, at trial, he testified that financial difficulties had reached a crisis level, uh, and to avoid sharing this humiliating developed with family, he engaged in, you know, like he, he would start doing this, he was pretending to go to work. Um and he was... Yeah, he was a... Um, he was stressed. Yeah, a court-appointed psychiatrist testified that he suffered from obsessive-compulsive disorder and that he had only seen two solutions to the situation, except welfare, which was unthinkable to him. Yeah, right? like, God forbid. Yeah, it was easier for him to kill his family than, than to, to go accept on welfare. welfare. Um, because he wasn't providing for his family. Like, that, that boggles my mind. <laughs> I I know people like that. Um, My father was like that. In 1990, he was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. Um, at a sentencing, he denied direct responsibilities for action, saying, I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened. I ask all affected by this for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer. <laughs> the judge didn't give a fuck. Uh, it's like... Say, saying, John Emil... List is without remorse and without honor. After 18 years, five months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John Frederick to rise from the grave. He imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively, which was the maximum uh, penalty available at the time. Um, He appealed... Uh, on grounds that his <laughs> judgment luck. had been impaired by post-traumatic stress disorder due to his military service. What the fuck PTSD did he get in a lab? As a lab tech. He was on. The, he was out on the field. No. Yes, he was. Well, he never saw any action, did yeah, he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, like when um, like Germany surrendered. Like his unit. Like Germany surrendered to his unit. But he was there for like three days. That's all he To accept on. the surrender, basically. Yeah, he was like a prisoner of war for like three days. He was a prisoner of war. Yeah. Oh, how about that? Yeah, for like, again, well, for then, like then three I, days. Then, yeah, then he's right. Man, go. <laughs> yes. 
But <laughs> what what were they gonna do? Like nothing. They weren't torturing yeah. them. Yeah, this they, wasn't. They were Auschwitz. trying to surrender. They were probably being treated like kings. <laughs> yeah, they were like, whatever. We're over this. Will you accept our surrender yet? <laughs> I don't know. And, um. He also Cold argued War. that the letter he left behind at the crime scene, which was essentially his confession, was a confidential communication to his pastor and therefore should have been inadmissible as evidence. He left it he at left the it crime scene. The, absolutely. Um, but he does, there, he almost had a point there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, but the thing is... Um, it should have been delivered to... He handed it directly to his pastor. Yeah. Yeah, but he did not. Um, he left it there. But you know, I I, I see his law. I see his thinking there. But, but there's no. no logic, unfortunately. Um. Eventually, in two thousand two, he told Connie Chung, the only time he ever expressed any remorse, he said, and I quote, "I wish I'd never done what I did. I've regretted my actions and prayed for forgiveness ever since." He then was asked why he'd not taken his own life. And he said that suicide would have prevented him from going to heaven, where he would hope to be united with his reunited with his family. You know, the the one he killed. And you know, how does that? And what happens when he gets to heaven and he meets his family and his new wife is there? I've always wondered that about. But you know, Helen is probably going to be happy AF because her first husband is there. And he had the good dick. You know what I'm saying? He had that sweet. He, he knew how to treat her. He didn't care that she was cross eyed or well bug eyed. Oh, 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 honey duck dead in the war. <laughs> getting that, man. getting that good old infantry cock. Had to settle for little shrimp dick, fucking lab man. A nerd. Oh no, nerds are cool. Yeah, John nerds Lewis, are cool. John Lewis was not cool. He was a he was a nerd, but he was the square. Um, in two thousand eight, uh, he died of complications from pneumonia, in uh, at Francis Saint Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, in reporting his death, the New Jersey Star Ledger referred to him as the Boogeyman of Westfield. And I guess that's where we close out with John List. He was garbage. <laughs> Straight trash. I wonder what circle of hell he's in. Um, did you not hear? He's in heaven. He asked for forgiveness, Jessica. He's in heaven with both but... of his wives and her ex-husband with the good dick and the daughter. And by now, surely the drama teacher up there banging the daughter <laughs> and whatever family he brought. Heaven is such a weird concept. <laughs> like, how do you explain these holes? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of holes, apparently. Yeah, his wife was getting all them holes filled. There's no syphilis in heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> this was... This was a nice little, like, overview and not really, like, of everything that happened. But, like. There's a lot. There, There's, there's a, a lot. I, I really, if you're interested, interested in the story, I really, I really encourage uh, yeah. our listeners to, you know, look at, look up some podcasts on the song, bitch. You know, watch some, doc, there's some documentaries yeah. out there. Um, Robert Blake did a pretty good movie, except for the fact that when he, Robert Blake also played teenage John List. And it, just, it did not work. It doesn't work very well. But it, he played the part well. He just... Yeah. They didn't <laughs> do it well. <coughs> but yeah, there, there's movies, there's books, there's hella podcasts. Um, and like, there's uh, there was episodes of Forensic Files. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, check it out. It's 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 a hell of a story. Um, and he was, you know, one of the first family annihilators in America. If you don't... If, First, we could always get into like you know uh, the Watson family murders. And, yeah, but that's that's neither than here or there. Um, yeah, but I guess the more sensationalized. Yeah. Uh, next time, I, th- I guess we're going to talk about Gnosticism. Yeah, or unless we like or Kabbalah, whichever one's older, I think. Yeah. Unless or yeah, or if we like swoop on in and we're like, hey, so I know we said this, but here's what's happening because yeah, that's got, how we run our lives. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how we live our lives, and that's how you receive this podcast. 
about how we live our life. Yeah, because yeah. me and Mike are much more structured with Stoner's Point podcast, but this one is really our baby, you know? Yeah, because um, Jessica works a lot and Jessica's a very tired muffin. Yeah, and, so. and I'm busy as fuck all the time, too. I never, I never get a chance to really. So this is just relax. kind of as like, I would say, like, yeah, just glossing over like really like information and shit talking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you know, and like I said, this one is a really, really intense one. It's a really weird one. So yeah, yeah, guys, check it out. Um, if you like us, you can uh, find us and all other Nifty Rocks Media Productions at uh, <laughs> at uh, patreon.com backslash Stoners Point Pod. Um, you can find us on all all the places. We're we're on every streaming platform except for uh, Google Podcast. Oh, we're on Apple now. Except oh, for bad. Google Podcasts and uh, Stitcher, we're on everything else. Um, all the things. All the things. Yeah. And uh, if there's nothing else, anything else, Jessica? Um. Hmm. I'll find something. I'll find something. Well, I got something you can find. These nuts. These nuts. Got them. Got them. <laughs> uh, and this is how I get through my life. <laughs> well, until uh, next time you hear from us, this is Rich. This is Jessica. Make and sure you, you drink your all your caffeine. And you have been listening to Charlie Manson's Fanny Pack. If you could pick all the words of the vocabulary that your mother told you, who do you think I am? This is only a couple hours. Can you imagine what it would be like a couple days with me? I didn't prefer to cures a day. You can see, you can see, you can see. Maybe none of you left.